everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 13. It's called Deja Q. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. This episode, the premise is very simple. Q shows up and claims that he's human, that he's been kicked out of the continuum, and he doesn't know what to do. He's scared. He's confused. He's he's feeling feelings that he's never felt before, like hunger and sleep and... I mean, sleep's not a feeling, but you know what I mean. Tiredness. Yes. Uh, he's very, very disturbed by the whole affair. Uh, well, there's a crisis going on. Uh, the, the Enterprise is at a planet where the moon is mysteriously starting to fall out of orbit. And if it does, it's going to cause an extinction level event or something close to it anyway. Uh, so naturally, they're trying to, like, you know, interfere with that, see if they can use the tractor beam to try and pull the moon back into orbit. But obviously, it's a moon. It's not really something that typically <laughs> people move. Uh, so George is really having to work overtime to try and figure out the logistics and the science of it. Is it possible? Is it possible to sort of drag the moon back into orbit? Uh, and when Q shows up, they assume that Q is responsible for this because it's such a weird anomaly that's happening. It's a pretty reasonable assumption, I think. Uh, but Q is adamant that he's got no powers. He has no idea what they're talking about. He he's just he shows up here because... This, he picked this. Uh, in fact, we got one of the iconic gifts of Picard facepalming. Uh, yes. not, not the actual facepalming itself, but the way he looks up from the facepalm, that gif, that's yeah. from this episode. Because Q says that he he picked human form. Because he didn't have to pick human. He could have picked anything that was mortal. The, 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 the punishment was you have to be a mortal life form. And in the split second he had to think about it, he picked this and was sent here because Picard's the closest thing that he's got to a friend, which is what causes Picard's uh, look of just horror. Distress. <laughs> in his face. So that's the gist of the episode. How did you feel about Deja Q? It's pretty great, isn't it? It's pretty fun. Do you know what I love about it is I think the crisis that's going on in the background is actually pretty enjoyable for what it is, but it is just the crisis in the background. It doesn't also it also doesn't feel shortchanged by only being in the background either. It's, it, it's the perfect amount of interest for the background crisis. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And unlike a lot of these sorts of episodes where the crisis just is solved in, in the wave of a hand and that's really frustrating. And in a way, it kind of time, is. The, no, that's what I say. <laughs> this time, the wave of the hand is kind of really satisfying. It's meaningful because it, it, like the, the the hand that it's been waved <laughs> to to wave the hand is actually quite important and means that there's a, a character. Arc. Q gets a character arc in this episode uh, yeah. where he shows up, he claims to be human, and no one's really having it. Uh, I laughed out loud when Worf, you know, uh, you know, Picard's not really believing him. He's like, okay, you want to be treated like a human? Fine. Uh, you know, Lieutenant Worf, take him to the brig. And Worf just like he, he pulls his, his uh, you know, he's he's. I would say jumper, but no one will get that. He's his sweater, his uniform top half down, and says, Delighted, Captain. You know, very, 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 he's ecstatic. I've never seen, I've never seen Worf look so happy about something in all my life, <laughs> is, is how he looks when he's taking Q to the brig. Uh, and so, all of this here, the follow-up of Q being like, damn it, I should have been a Klingon. I'm a Klingon at heart. <laughs> yeah, that was entertaining. Uh, I actually laughed when they got to the brig because I'm like, yeah, this was the one that, that you know, the, the dude with the hair, the, the, the nice fancy hair was in a few episodes ago. And I thought, man, they built this set and all of a sudden we're seeing it multiple times. Because like, we'd never seen it before that episode. And yeah, all of a sudden, uh, in, in the space of about three episodes or whatever it's been, we've seen it again. So they're happy with the new set. the most set. of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've got a feeling that it'll at least be sticking around for the rest of the season, if not just indefinitely. Uh, mm. So... But no, so so that that happens. Uh, Q 
you know, Picard goes to see Q because Picard's like, okay, look, can we just drop the charade? Can you just please, like, put the moon back in its place? You know, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, no, it's not me, I swear. Also, something really terrifying happened. I lost consciousness. I felt really, I felt like the life was draining from me. And Picard's like, you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you live with this from day to day? You get used to it, just... <laughs> Uh, this is some top quality comedy here. It was. It was good stuff. Uh, and we're not even even at the best comedy beats yet necessarily. But the, all of this is gold. Uh, but the big other plot thing that comes into it though is that even though it's almost impossible and they fail like, once or twice try to do this thing with the moon, ultimately Jordy actually thinks he's got it sussed, or at least it's maybe a bit of a, a bit of a long shot. But they might be able to do it. But when they try to do it. Uh, these light orbs, this other you know species shows up, and they're essentially there to attack you. This is revenge before whatever Q did to these people. Uh, the Calamarines, they're called, and basically, like at first, it's not clear that that's what's going on, but then ultimately, they, they kind of get to it. It's like, oh no, no, every time they drop their shields because they can't use the tractor beam which they're using for the moon unless the shields are dropped, and every time they drop the shields, these Calamarines enter the ship and go after Q. And it's like, wait, you knew people were going to try and come and get you because of everything you've done to everyone. And they're like, hey, what, what did you do? It's like, oh, nothing too cruel or inhumane. or uh, And everyone's just like, you tortured them. You terrorized them. <laughs> you did all these things. Like, no, no. It was a, they've got no sense of humor. <laughs> That's all it is. And we've seen Q be with, you know, how Q is with these characters. So we can only guess in our heads as to what shenanigans they get up to. Shenanigans is very much the right word, though. Yeah, uh, but you buy you buy that there's other you know other civilizations out there that want to get their their hands on Q. So it, 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 you totally you know you get it. But through all of this going on, we have him and Data kind of oddly bonding, I guess. Or bonding's maybe not the right word. Data because he doesn't have the feelings of the humans, despite the fact that he wants to be human and he has the curiosity of the humans, as he mentions in this episode. He like. So he doesn't feel the same resentment of Q, I guess, as everyone else does. So he's willing to actually talk to him and almost give him some advice. And he points out the irony that he wants nothing more than to be human, but for for Q, this is a punishment to become I think human. There's a... Oh, absolutely. But I think it's it's not just this uh, lack of understanding, lack of resentment. That you say. I think there is part of it just the idea that he he does feel some sort of you know, kindred spirit with him in the sense that, you know, he's trying to become human. He doesn't really understand oh, yeah, himself, yeah. but he's trying. And and Q, for, for all the things that are on him, needs that guidance here and is trying to some extent. Yeah. It, it, it kind of summed up for me because when they're debating what to do with them and Picard's like, let's just get rid of him. He's, he's not worth the effort. Uh, Data kind of sticks, because Q's trying to argue that he should be part of the crew, that he can be useful. He's got a lot of information. He may not have his powers anymore, but he's got a lot of knowledge of the universe and, and science. And Data says, yo, he has been instrumental in thinking of a strategy with, you know, in the engineering. And Troy says, oh, looks like you've got an advocate. And Data just l- looks almost just confuddled by what she says. says. No, I'm merely stating the fact, Doctor. Like, he's not sticking up for him. It's not, it's not the way Data uh, is, is, yeah. is, is coming across. It's, I, I kind of enjoyed that, that element to it. Um, also, he gets That's hungry. It's a great payoff, doesn't it? Yeah, he's got some great payoff. But he, he gets hungry at one point. He's confused by the feeling in his stomach as uh, Crusher's torturing him with the, the, with the, uh, the medical device trying to heal his back. Um, and because this is actually the same scene where he actually thinks of a solution to help the moon problem. He, he goes through this list of things and Jordy's like, we can't do any of those things. Those are all impossible feats of like science that we just don't have yet. He's like, oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
<laughs> so you just do this. We we can't do that. that's like defying the laws of physics. We can't just do that. <laughs> like you can't, huh? Yeah. Oh, so far behind. Uh, but he uh, he gets hungry. There's a little joke here where uh, Data is like, well, first of all, we find out Data does take some fluids to help with his uh, well, his fluids basically. They help. Yeah. Help. It's like topping up the oil in a car, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what it sounded like. But he says, oh, you know, when, when Troy's upset, she'll have uh, something chocolatey. And, you know, it brings up a you know, chocolate sundae. So... Five chocolate sundaes. What? No, 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 no. Data mentions the chocolate sundae. And then Q says, I'll have ten. He asks for ten chocolate sundaes. Yeah. And he's like, I've never seen anyone eat ten chocolate sundaes before. And the payoff to this, of course, is at the end after the gaining section, is that... Uh, the, the the Sundays arrive and he's like I'm not hungry because he's just been told by Gaian that he's going to have to survive on the acts of kindness from others because he doesn't know how to be human. Uh, I love that unlike everyone else, she's ready to believe that he's human and she tests it very easily by just stabbing him in the hand. <laughs> ah, seems pretty human to me. <laughs> she she it, thinks it's hilarious. Care. She she th- she she's like oh this is great. Oh, I'm going to enjoy watching I, uh, this. I am particularly enjoying their rivalry because they've got this history that. Like, even though we've got history with between Q and like you know Picard and the rest of the crew, uh, with Guinan, there's so much more there that we're just still it's it's slowly unraveling every time. We're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Of that stuff, uh, but you know, I mean, if we're not made it clear, Q is delightful throughout this episode. It is is one of the. It's funny because you go back to the pilot of the show and he was the villain in the pilot episode, and the pilot wasn't a great episode, but every time Q's came back, he's been better than the last time. Um, now, admittedly, I do think his last appearance was a better episode because it also introduced the Borg, so everything else it did was also was was better. But I think for Q himself, in terms of a presence, this is his, you know, a winner. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, it, this is like a really good, fun episode, but it's never going to be as great an episode as as like introducing the Borg by its very nature. Yeah, uh, but it's not trying to be. But as a actually giving Q some some character and some some depth beyond just the the maniacal shenanigan man that he was. Yeah, because uh, he it's great. Yeah, because basically Picard orders him to engineer, and he's 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 offended that Jordy would dare give him an order. He's like, that'd be a waste of my talents making me press some buttons and read out some, you know, uh, you know, readings. <laughs> and he's like, do it now and get the hell out of my deck. And he's like, oh, good. who does he think he is? Your superior officer. <laughs> <laughs> because he is. <laughs> uh, no, all that stuff is really good. Of course, they try it again. Because they've not quite realized that every time they drop the shields that, that these things are going to attack yet. But this is the time where it, it raises Q in the air and Data actually saves him and almost dies in the process. And this is kind of the dramatic turn of the episode where Q has to accept that Data essentially... Is, I mean, obviously Data does survive and he ends up getting up and he's okay. After some, uh, I don't know what to call it, surgery or car maintenance, but like you know, he does get up eventually, and the great effect of having the flap of head back, you know, like we see some of the circuits. That's good, simple effect. It's, fun. it's just a simple little makeup effect, but it's just fun. Uh, but he he has to. I love the scene that he has with Picard. Uh, Q that is where Q says, "Look, Data basically just sacrificed himself to save me, and when I ask myself the question, you know, would I do the same for him? I'm forced to answer no." Because that's the honest answer, and I feel ashamed. And it's like, huh? And like, I think the build up to kind of like how this all gets resolved, uh, where 
knowing that every time they drop the shields, the Calamarines attack, and that therefore they can't save these people on the planet, Hugh actually performing this selfless act of taking a shuttle and trying to run away so that they don't have to protect him anymore, so that they can save the planet, is actually a wonderful story beat that has a lot of weight to it, despite the fact that this is a very, you know, comical episode up until that point. You know, up until that mm-hmm. point, everything was like, oh, laughs here, jokes there. And you've got this subplot in the background of the planet, and yeah, okay, you know, the, it's a fine little story, but it's not like tugging at your heartstrings yet, because you, you assume they're going to win by the end of the episode. Like, it's a Star Trek episode, you're not worried about it. Uh, yeah, they might lose here or there, but they're not going to lose at an extinction level planet oh they're going to have billions of people uh yeah, or, well i yeah. say people but whatever the species was i don't recall uh but like him doing this is it was a really kind of touching moment and then you know the other q shows up right and he sort of pops in he's you know he's kind of likable in a mischievous way as well the way he talks to him um and basically this is the cue that got him kicked out of the continuum and says that you just performed a selfless act, and because of that, if if this if the, the continuum catches wind of this, and then you die, their entire my entire reason for wanting you kicked out is in question, and I might be in trouble. So, and you know, Q, Q to his you know to, true to his character doesn't like sort of accept it gracefully. He just goes, "Yeah, that was a bit selfless, wasn't it? I was pretty <laughs> selfless." <there." laughs> I love this, just like the hint. Like the tiniest insinuation that he did this not to be selfless, but because maybe this will get him back in. And the you know, I think the the rest of the stuff goes on to show that no, 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 it's okay. It was still enough that, because of what he does. But there's just enough there to plant that seed of doubt. Yeah, no, I love that. There's no answer to it. It's like we can choose to believe that he did this as a selfless act, and he's just being true to his character the way he reacts when this happens. Or you could take it as no, he kind of had a conniving plan in the back of his mind of how mm. to maybe get his powers back. And you know, I, I think the story is definitely more touching if you believe it. If you believe that he did this for the right reasons, and um, I think though because of the ending, I think it works either way. Yeah, yeah, because. So obviously after this happens, he comes back, uh, he shows up with the mariachi band and everyone's pissed at him and he's, he's, he's throwing imaginary women at people and cigars appear in everyone's mouths and uh, it, Picard like, yells at him and tells him to calm down and of course he does. Uh, he puts on the Enterprise uniform and he's like, oh, the Starfleet uniform, I should say, and he says, okay, I've just got one last debt to pay, you know, so I want to thank you all for keeping me safe. And he goes over to Data, because one of the things that Data said, when Data was explaining how he wanted to be human, and he wanted to, you know, he wanted to cry, he wanted to laugh, specifically, that, you know, he's never able to do that. Um, and we've seen him try before, like, you know, try to understand humour. We've, we've seen this as, this we as a... We've a whole episode with him yeah. and the, the, the comedy club stuff. This has been a, a, a continuing thread throughout his character in the show. And he just goes up to him and sort of, I need to repay a debt. And, you know, I, don't, I can't remember if he literally snaps his fingers, but, you know, he does something to sort of insinuate that he's done something. He disappears... And Data just bursts out laughing, uh, and everyone in the bridge is disturbed. They're all <laughs> watching, like, "What's going?" It's quite a maniacal laugh. Yeah, uh, if you'd never laughed before, though, and all of a sudden you you, you felt the the first funny thing you'd ever sensed in your life, you you may have a maniacal laugh too. <laughs> uh, you might indeed, yeah. Uh, but it's a delightful moment, and then of course he scans the the planet or the moon or whatever, and Data's like, "Oh no, the the moon's returned to its, its proper orbit. Like it's fine, everything's fixed." And at the end of the episode, as the camera just sort of tracks in Picard, and he says, "Hmm, maybe, maybe Q does did show he had some humanity in him after all." And it's you know, or whatever the line was to that effect. Yeah. And 
you know, as, as an episode goes, I think this was kind of... It achieved exactly what it wanted to do, both as being an entertaining episode and making Q a little bit deeper. So the next time he shows up, he's not just that, that trickster from episode one who's there to play pranks and be mildly entertaining. He's there's, actually got a bit more a, weight behind a him. nugget of a heart in there. Yeah. It makes him a little bit more sympathetic, despite the despite how mischievous he is. Um, I, I think the comparisons to Mixi Pitta, like, you just keep they're getting... more and more. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just getting stronger and stronger. Uh, bizarrely, I do wonder yeah. if uh, Roddenberry was a was a Superman a fan. fan. Yeah, I mean it's it's very possible, and and I think it's this ending here, which is why the 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 stuff as to whether or not he was actually being you know selfless or if he had a, a bit of a plan still work either way. Because even if it was a bit of a plan, he gave Data something that was a, a genuine gift, and he did you know save the planet, which... you know, regardless of of whether or not it was a plan or not. Yeah, and he he was uh you know it was the first thing he was asked to do picard yelled at him to put this put the boom back where it is you know and, and even, as soon as he could he did yeah and i believe that he didn't do this like uh i don't know if there's an implication in the episode that the calamarines did this to lure someone in or if, i don't think that i don't know i don't recall there being the, one i, the I other, think it was just like a natural event from what i remember honestly if i was to make a guess if it's not natural i'd say it was the other cue but up to something it could have been, but, potentially. I don't know why he did it, if he did, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, given that the other Q was obviously angry at, at, at this Q for his meddling, trickstery ways, this seemed like a very harsh mm. way of teaching him a lesson. Yeah. A lot to gamble with. I think ultimately it doesn't really matter that much if it was natural or not, because I think uh, the, the actual point of the story of Q's side of it works either way, so... Yeah, so it's just fine. Um, I like that small moment though when he's got his powers back and he sort of essentially grabs the calamarine in his hand and he's about to extinguish them and the other Q pops his head back in and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, no, just say goodbye. And he just blows them away. He's like, yeah, you go. Back, back to where you're from. <laughs> uh, you know, he's about to be very vengeful for coming dare, to dare to come after him, but he, he mm. you know, he, he held it in and remain good uh so like yeah q is a far more interesting character after this episode like i say i think you know uh, q who back back last season was a phenomenal episode mm. they introduced the borg it was scary it was dark it was all these things and obviously q's backstory with gainan did kind of play a role in it and there was that those elements there but it wasn't a funny episode q probably had a couple of funny lines but that's not what that episode was yeah but this this was more about q himself and on that level, I think it succeeded. Uh, this is one of the best episodes of the season, I think. You know, it's up there with whatever one or two favorites we have so far, which I can't remember yeah. at the current time, I think. Hard but... to argue with that. This is, like, like I say, it did everything it set out to. Um, like I was saying, you know, we, we'll say, oh, we, we'll take you who over this in terms of, you know, as an episode, but it, this isn't trying to do that. It isn't trying to top that or rehash that in any way. It's, it's taking you in a completely different. Uh, approach so that we're not comparing it to that constantly and it manages to be a great episode on its own one of the uh, little things that i think is really well handled in this episode is you actually get to see with the exception of wesley if you count him you actually get to see every main character on the show interact with you at least once in this episode to show how they feel about him uh you have jordy getting angry with him when he when he won't do his orders you have Riker being offended when he gives him the imaginary woman i, I feel it's a point of pride for Riker. how dare you give me imaginary i can get real woman i'm Riker. damn it i'm william t Riker. <laughs> um, 
you know in fact I, I like you crack, making a crack at his beard he's like oh you were you were more fun before the beard or something like that I said at one point uh, <laughs> uh, you know you have Worf obviously interacting with him at the start of the episode you have the moment where Troy's kind of sitting there kind of like you know turn into him at the meeting table you, you have like obviously picard has several scenes with him uh you, you know and Guinan of course has a scene with him like every major character on the show uh gets to spend at least one s- small scene with him uh crusher comes in to treat his back at one point and we get to see her opinion of him like everyone gives their opinion of him and data is the only one who doesn't completely you know vilify right him off. yeah uh, and maybe there's a lesson to be learned in there and not writing someone off if there's a chance they can learn to be better uh so it's interesting that the one without the the feelings, right, and without that that grudge that they're holding on to, yeah. is the one who can look past it. And it's the it's, it's you know it's, it's what makes that moment before he takes the shuttle when he comes to visit Data, he says, "If it's any consolation, you're a better, better human than I am." Uh, mm. You know, and yeah, and sometimes Data may be a better human than some of the other characters. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, there's a touching aspect to it, and I, I like that a lot. And um, there you go. I, I I have nothing negative to say. It's it's uh, I mean neither. It's up there. It, I mean, it feels weird to say it's flawless because that makes it sound like it's one of the best things of all time. But it's flawless in the sense that there's nothing I can complain about. There's nothing to say. Well, well, like it goes back to us in, in terms of what it's trying to do, in 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 its goals and and its the direction it's taking. It is the best version of that idea that it could possibly be. Yeah, I I also love Picard in this episode that. Every time Q tries to, because after Data is like sacrificed, sort of moment he has that scene with Picard, where Picard, uh, you know, gives him the some kind of advice. I love that he never actually becomes the even even if anything even points out, I'm not your mentor or whatever. He says something like that, but I love that even when, every time Q tries to have a heart to heart or try to look for to Picard for guidance, Picard doesn't drop his hatred of Q. He he's still annoyed. He's still like you know grumbling his way through it because of who q is and and it's not a fault of picard i actually love that he's still like that he doesn't drop who he is um where he would do it with most people with most people picard would become the 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 the, the mentor figure the father figure he would he would give the guidance he would give the lesson instead q has to figure it on himself and picard's just kind of there to begrudgingly kind of like point out point when he's right yeah here. It's, yeah. it's 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 good. It's, uh, that that side of it's really well done. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Deja Q, really really solid episode. Uh, you know, uh, delight to have. It did. It did actually. Uh, so next episode, uh, episode fourteen, is called a matter of perspective. Here's the description on IMDb. Title, to be fair. Uh, the description on IMDb reads as follows: The widow of respected scientist Dr. Nell Apgar accuses Riker of seducing her <laughs> and, <laughs> and killing her husband. Uh, rather than turn Riker over to unfavorable trial, the Enterprise reconstructs the facts. All right, so they're proving Riker's innocence. He's been accused of seducing someone and murdering her husband. It do- it does sound very plausible. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like a farcical episode, and I know Hughes can have a farcical character, but this this episode was so well handled with how it actually developed his character. This next one sounds like it's just pure farce, and that may still be entertaining, don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting a good episode necessarily out of this one, though. I agree. Um, we've had a few episodes of this style where they're clearly not traditional good episodes, but they're well done enough that they're enjoyable. Hmm. Um, that's the best I think we can hope for here. 
yeah so that'll be next time so let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv and you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses including an exclusive already cancelled actually that we started doing just recently on six feet under which is for patrons only at one dollar and up uh, it's audio only but you get access to it for just the one dollar uh we get to do at least a few of those every month so go and have a look and see if you're interested then there's other stuff at the higher tiers but uh go have a look uh that is us though so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys keep watching star trek and remember that when it comes to the ladies raker can get them on his own Bye.